0: This is Arthur Needham from I Numismatics. Today we're going to introduce a new subject based on our work. Our first two books, of course, are well and truly into the marketplace and extremely well accepted. A number of other manuscripts are well in progress, with the work on the Sultanate of Poor, very, very close to final edit but we have taken time to assess the impacts of our work, how we have done it, and how it has been accepted. For the most part, it has been accepted extremely well. There have been one or two complaints, and we have taken these on board. However, it should be noted that the complaints have been very minor indeed, and perhaps based on the old notion that collecting coins and hand-struck coins of that, you can basically just collect anything you like and that's good enough. However, in our work we fully detail all the variations other than natural variations from die-cutting of all the coins of the reigns that we produce work for. Now although we work in the Indian subcontinent, everyone that looks at hand-struck coins needs to look at exactly what we're doing and how we're presenting it. And for collectors, it is extremely important to understand now what can be collected and what should be collected. If we look at our work and it can be seen, within the function that we show everything that should be on a coin. And what needs to be collected is what can be seen fully on a coin to attribute it. Now here comes the problem. We hear wonderful things, oh look, for that ruler, that's a common mint. It may be a common mint, but given that the coin's are hand-struck, And given that the coins themselves have flans that are often smaller than the dies, getting all the information to fully attribute the coin on many of the coins is impossible. So quite frequently, even in mints that are common or so-called common, it is difficult to get coins that can be fully attributed. So, what we need to concentrate on is not getting those pretty coins that maybe have things missing, but for the sake of real history, getting coins that can be attributed fully. All the dates, all the uh, inscriptions, especially when there are couplets that may have variations, and mints that can be seen and assessed fully, even to the extent, for example, in Shah Alam I, there are a number of ways that the name Shah Alam can be written, and it may have the term Bahadur, or it may not. So if you're a collector, you can collect just a coin from the uh, ruler, but his name may be written a number of ways. You can collect coins by mint by ruler. And there may be, in some isolated cases, a change in the mint epithet, or the title that goes with the mint. And you can collect by ruler, by mint, by date. And on the coins of the books that we have produced, that is Jahanda and uh, Shah the I, there are certainly, in Shah Alam's case, more than one regnal year. So there are levels of collecting. So with this in mind and with a relative change of saying, look, you need to look at everything on a coin, we are about to start a new initiative. And that is a community initiative on the copper coins of Akbar the Great. It's done for a number of reasons. The first one, on the subcontinent, Akbar copper coins can still be found in some abundance. However, many of these coins cannot, of course, be read by collectors. So what we're going to do is to help you work through, in very simple terms, the simple coins of Akbar. They're copper, and they were despised by the British, as many copper coins from the subcontinent were. You now the comments have been in writings, oh look, there are so many, we don't really care. But today, there are even discoveries being made on these coins. So what we are doing on our website, www.inubismatics.com, is we're going to open an old style forum. And on that old style forum, we are going to list all the mints, and we are also going to then list the dates, including the months, for certain coins that we have, and we're going to show the variations, and we're going to ask you folks to come along and say, oh, look, I've got coins that are like this, or I've got a coin from this mint that you haven't listed. So we will go on a journey of discovery of learning and helping in research. The mint we will start with is the major mint of Narnol in the Copper Belt. That is, there are ancient copper mines in the general region of this mint. And everyone will say, oh look, it's just a bloody old mint coin, they're common. But when you look at old mint coins, how many variations are there? And how many coins actually have all the details on? That is the full dates, whether they're written in alpha or in numeric, whether you can actually see. The full mint name, or at least most of the mint name, so it cannot be perhaps another mint. And does it have all the elements on? That is, every element in the uh, text and the calligraphy, for example, on the front of the coin. Is that all showing? When we peel back the layers, we find that in fact very few coins from Nanol have all the details on. So we're going to start with Narnol and we're going to learn what coins we should collect. Akbar coppers are very prevalent, but they are much less prevalent even for so-called common mints that have all the details on. And of course they can be bought rather cheaply from many, many places of supply. So why don't you come along and join us as we work through understanding what is on the coins and understanding what real coin collecting is. Not just collecting coins that say, wow, this looks lovely, but it doesn't have all the details on. In fact, astute collectors have been collecting coins that have got all the details on. Now perhaps it is time for those coins to be maximized in price rather than those that just look a little pretty but haven't got everything on. So please join us in the journey and I think over the next few months we're going to have a lot of fun because there are a lot of mints and there are a lot of things yet to discover in these so-called very common coins. Thank you so much. We will have a wonderful journey together.